With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com slash sustainability. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Net Zero Carbon. I'm your host, Tyler Cole, and today I'm joined by Emily Phillips of XPO. Emily, how are you? Thanks for joining. Um, I'm great, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you My being pleasure. Here. Where does this find you? And tell us a little bit about your background and your role at XPO. Sure. So I come to you outside of Atlanta in Marietta, Georgia. I've been with XPO for 15 years in various roles from pricing, engineering, onboarding, account management, and current. my current hat is the leader of the solutions team. So all of the new solutions design and pricing for last mile goes through my group. And then uh, another hat that I have put on this year is the chair of the Global Sustainability Committee for XPO. Uh, and so that is a... Um, a new committee that we chartered this year to take up and support the efforts of the board around the ESG scorecard and initiatives uh, related to that. And so have been working hard on um, getting that kicked off and uh, off to the races with that group. Nice. I'm sure that's no small task. I'd love to unpack that just a little bit, what that's been like since you started. I know within the industry, it feels like we're playing catch up a lot of times when it comes to sustainability and freight in general, I think has that historical trend to it, right? Where you're sometimes the tail on the dog where the rest of the, your customers organizations move and then the freight team just has to go figure out how to get it there. So it's nice to hear that there are firms that are putting concerted efforts into, you know, hosting intentional committees and subcommittees around some of these initiatives. Where are you got, where do you even start with that when you're pulling together a new group like that? Sure. Well, I mean, it starts with a lot of listening to our stakeholders. You know, we hear a lot from uh, our investors, uh, primarily from a lot of our clients and a, a lot of our associates and our employee base as well, that this is an important topic to them. And so we've done a lot of listening. Uh, we have seen quite an uptick in the request and the frequency of the ask around sustainability and building toward a sustainable solution and sustainable future in transport from our client base. And so we've really taken that to heart. Uh, and that was part of the impetus of building this committee was that we needed to make sure that we were um, actioning on the requests and those, uh, you know, those requests from our um, stakeholders uh, and, and coming up with a plan as far as how to action those. Many of our clients have already set their own net zero target or they have, they have joined SBTI. And so we, you know, in transport, this is a, a, a sector that's hard to abate. So there's a lot of work to be done. And we want to make sure that we're good partners to our clients uh, that have already set carbon goals to make sure that we have a roadmap and we can work with them on achieving their goals and you know what's good for 
for them and uh, the progress that we make with them is good for all of us. Totally agree as a stakeholder in the public good. That is our environment. I completely align with that statement. Tell me a little bit about, educate our listeners a little bit on the different verticals that make up XPO. I know there's been some changes and additions over the years, even recently. What are the some of the other um, business units, as you call them, within that subcommittee? Absolutely. So we are, the committee is representative of all of the business units and geographies and current day that includes our LTL business unit, our North American transportation business unit, and uh, our European partner uh, business unit and European transport. Um, We will be making some changes towards the end of the year that has been announced that the LTL segment and the North American transport segment will split off into two separate publicly owned companies. Uh, and we will work through that. But the the mandate of sustainability is equally as loud in both of those entities. So just the priorities and how we go about it might be a little bit different. Um, what we do in our asset-based LTL business unit uh, might be very different than how we approach sustainability in our asset light uh, transport business, which includes things like our brokerage business unit, last mile, global freight forwarding, and managed transportation. Absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be different solutions levers to pull to decarbonize each one of those. Where is the low-hanging fruit within XPO? Have you guys identified you know, some areas of opportunity that you can achieve quick wins? We have. I mean, I think that's where we are, you know, we're going after what we can achieve now with the technology that's available now. So within, you know, our peer group, this is this is a tough area to tackle uh, when you look specifically at fuel and emissions, because we're we're sort of waiting for that tipping point where the equipment and the technology and the infrastructure is at a place where we achieve cost parity and functional range parity to the equipment that we have today. So we have more control over that with the asset-based group within LTL. Um, We do things, uh, you know, we're expanding uh, our biodiesel and renewable diesel um, pilots. We're expanding those to about five states in the coming year. That equates to about 25% of our fuel purchase um, nationally. So, you know, those are things that we can do today because that is available today. Uh, We're piloting an EV with uh, LTL uh, Class 8 with Daimler. Uh, We're going to look at expanding those pilots where it makes sense. Um, And so we, you know, we do things within our asset base where we know we can control. Uh, The biggest is going to be around the equipment, but we also look at things around those facilities as well around clean energy. You know, what can we do to make the energy consumption of those um, LTL centers uh, cleaner. You know, we're going to explore looking at solar where it makes sense. Um, on our asset light business, it's a little bit different. We're driven primarily by where our customers lead us. So, for example, in Last Mile, uh, I've been working on solutioning EV box truck deployments for a particular customer who has a global zero emission delivery mandate. They want to be zero emission delivery by 2025. And so we're working to partner with them to make sure that we can help them achieve that and rolling out um, box trucks in certain markets in the US and Canada, just depending on where uh, we can get the infrastructure set up. So we we go after what we can go after with the technology that's available today. And then we just wanna make sure that we 
understand and are able to pilot the technology early enough so that when we reach parity on both cost and uh, functional range, then we're ready to pull the trigger on that and move forward. Awesome. Encouraging news to hear how wide ranging a lot of that solution set becomes for a company as, as broad as what XPO is. Let's talk a little bit about the sustainability report you guys put out recently, just came out in April this month, Earth Month. Um, and it's a report you guys have done in the past. How has that report specifically changed year over year? What's different now compared to, you know, two or three years ago? How long have you guys been putting out that report? You know, give me the high level details on that report. I think this is our fourth year. Uh, I'll have to fact check myself on that. Um, but we have been putting it out for quite a while. We, uh, you know, we're very proud of the content that goes into that and the work that goes into that, not only on the environmental, but you know, uh, we have a lot of um, programs around safety and people and governance that, um, you know, that we have worked hard to build out over the years. Uh, I think we on the environmental side are continuing that journey. You know, we laid a foundation in 2020 with our board of directors creating an ESG scorecard uh, across six different uh, categories, you know, measuring ourselves on a four-year time horizon in the future, uh, making sure that we're um, updating that as uh, the business evolves. Um, and so, you know, the ESG scorecard established in 2020, we took a next step of evolution in 2021, establishing the sustainability committee that is formally chartered uh, to help support the, the board's um, initiatives. And so we just keep, we, you know, we're, we're just going to keep moving forward on it and building on the foundation that we've laid uh, so that we can continue to lean forward in the space and provide uh, sustainable solutions to our clients. I love hearing it. I love hearing it. We need to see more of it. And that sounds to me like more like a CSR type report. It's a qualitative report of what XPO value stands for and is explaining that to the stakeholders around what efforts you're taking and what you're going to take in the future. We're filming this just a few weeks after the SEC proposed their climate-related disclosures um, announcement, I guess, that's in public comment period right now. How is XPO thinking about that? Is there a concern around that? Or is that more just, you know, we're already reporting so many things to be compliant with the SEC. This is just one more thing we're going to be able to knock out. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly looking at it and staying abreast of the announcement and digging deeper into um, the details as they come out. Uh, I think we are already in a good position to comply with any uh, disclosure that, uh, you know, may go into effect. Um, you know, we are already uh, tracking most of this information, but we want to dig into TCFD requirements and just compare a little bit to see if there's what, what gaps we may have and figure out a plan to close those. But uh, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not worried about it. I think we're in a good position as a company. We've been um, working on this for quite a while, and so anything that we uh, need to um, any gaps that we need to close, I'm, I'm confident that we'll be able to do that. With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation. Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com slash sustainability. Tell me as we dig into the report, 
we think about long-term commitments, I'm curious about two things. One, does XBO have a forward-looking emissions reduction target? If so, what by when? And two, we've talked about some near-term easy wins maybe within the network you guys might be able to achieve. Are there specific examples of some of those not quite yet solutions that you referenced earlier as far as we don't have the range, we don't have the performance? What are some of those fringe technologies that you guys are keeping an eye on? Uh, so the question about setting targets is one that we get asked a lot. Uh, we certainly are considering it, and that is one of the reasons that the Sustainability Committee was created, to make sure that we can evaluate and look at um, you know, science-based targets, making sure that we understand the requirements if we were to set one. Uh, we want to be we want to be sure that in setting a target, it would be something that would be achievable. And I think there's still not quite enough information uh, around when some of this technology may be available uh, at scale for us to confidently set uh, a goal as of yet. But that is one of the initiatives that is on the slate of things that the committee is going to be considering this year. And then, you know, all of that discussion discussion. Um, you know, will, will happen at uh, the committee level and the executive level and the board level. Um, some of the things that we look at, uh, you know, that we will be looking at this year, um, you know, there are, I, I mentioned the biodiesel, renewable diesel. There are some things around uh, EV and other type of fuels that we would be interested in piloting in both medium duty and heavy duty vehicles. Um, we do, we know we are pretty curious about hydrogen and where that will fit in, in the probably longer term. Um, but you know, has a lot of potential and we really want to learn, uh, some more about that. Uh, so I think that the answer is not, it's not just one of these it's yes. And it's all of them. Uh, so the, you know, the, we are looking at all options and trying to pick the ones that are available at scale now uh, and that make sense for the business to deploy. Excellent. Yeah, fair, fair answer that we don't have as many solutions as we need today on the road. And it is both a yes and all hands on deck. <laughs> if we're going to try to solve this problem, it's going to take everybody working together, moving in the same direction. I'm curious, given y'all's European footprint and exposure, you know, are there learnings? Typically, I see that the, the American audience lags behind what we've seen happening over in Europe, but from a policy standpoint, as well as a even implementation and certainly disclosure and tax standpoint within that committee, even have you guys had some learnings from, you know, across the pond that you can implement over here? Absolutely. I learn so much every time I talk to our European partners. Uh, you know, they are already operating a pretty substantial fleet of um natural gas vehicles. Uh, they are certainly more accustomed to some of the reporting and disclosures uh, that we're looking to implement here. So just taking some of those best practices. Uh, they also do some very creative things around just looking at modes of transportation. Um, you know, we've got a solution that is actually running barge deliveries in city center in Paris, you know, in order to uh, you know, reduce emissions, but also reduce congestion on the roads. So it's all of those things, just kind of working with your clients, working with the metro areas and trying to, you know, collaborate to solve a problem. Really exciting. I love hearing about different modalities that get used. And, and certainly they're ahead of us in Europe because they've just got a much older 
existing infrastructure and a very heavy focus on multimodality and trying to increase intermodal. Not just, we always think of intermodal over here as this rail and truck, that's it. But now you got, you got barges in the mix. It's, it's a fun, <laughs> fun case study to start exploring those networks. I can't wait to see what's next. <laughs> Let me ask you this, maybe a little bit more personal. Let's get away from the, the XPO and the committee perspective, but why did you decide to kind of step into this role? Was there a opportunity you saw to solve a problem that needed, or is this more of like a personal uh, agenda for you? Tell me a little bit about your, your choice to step up here. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, this is a topic that's always been very important to me. Uh, I would say that I, you know, a few years ago, I, I started trying to figure out how I could incorporate that into where I was sitting in the role that I was in. Uh, and in uh, within Last Mile and in Solutions, there were, a f- you know, a few opportunities that were coming to us that where our customers were asking us to uh, help with a, a sustainable and a low carbon solution. And so I just started, uh, you know, that was sort of the kickoff of, of just trying to start that conversation and bring a group together across all of the business units. And the more I started talking about it, the more other people started talking about it and sharing their passion and their interest. And so I think, um, you know, we have it's we have such a wealth of um, a, and a valuable resource with our associate base um, that m- many folks within different pockets and different departments had been thinking the same thing. And so, just providing a place for people to share their ideas and share that discussion and start to incorporate sustainability into our everyday vernacular as you know as much as we would safety or other core um, core values uh, in how we approach problem solving um, has been really exciting to see that progression. That is very exciting. I love hearing about the efforts to affect ongoing culture change within organizations that have been around for a while because it's so valuable and that's where it starts and that's where it wins, especially when we look forward for the next decade. This is a hot topic. Um, recent grads' minds. I mean, if you're looking to recruit and retain top talent, you've got to have a committee for global sustainability, essentially. So I commend XPO on that. Where do you think it 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 goes from here, right? We're going to have ongoing metrics. She said on a four-year cycle, we're going to continue to evaluate. Is it just going to be continuing iterative improvements as we hopefully chip away, you know, percentages of top line absolute emissions every year? Do you think there's a point in time where there's a step change where something drastic needs to happen in order to accelerate this from an industry perspective? I think it will. I mean, there's certainly, you know, this, as you said, this is a hot topic. This is something that people are, I I think it's an evolution. People are, are now educating themselves about it. You hear it all the time on the news that, you know, especially during earth week, there's so many announcements about things that are happening um, in people's personal lives, you know, people are, are toying with EV, you know, for their personal vehicle. So it's a it's something that now has entered into the um, everyday vernacular. And I think the more people talk about it at home and at work, the more comfortable people get with it. Um, you know, I think it's also a, a huge change management um, and a collaboration exercise. So some of the things that we're going to need to deploy 
are going to be totally different operational models than what we're used to today. So, you know, we it's a different infrastructure if you're talking about EV uh, or, you know, CNG or anything that is different than internal combustion. You're going to have a little bit of a, you know, a equipment change, a process change, a people change. And it's, you know, there's a lot of collaboration that is going to be required because some of this is going to be very unfamiliar. We're going to end up working with suppliers or vendors or partners that we haven't worked with before um, and maybe orders of magnitude more of them than we had been working with before. And so uh, just being open to that process and understanding it's not going to be perfect uh, is, is probably key as we iterate forward. And then, you know, we just learn from our mistakes and keep going. I was about to say two key things you said there resonate with me, but the last one clearly does too. We learn from our mistakes and we keep going. And I think for a first mover and someone with a large size advantage like an XPO, you kind of get to weaponize those learnings in public. If if you guys accept it as part of your culture, right? You can say, no, we've already tried this. We've already done this. Here's what we need to be doing moving forward. And you position yourself as the expert. You also mentioned something interesting there around business model change. And one technology we didn't really talk about, and I'm curious if, if you have an opinion, and if you don't, totally fine. Um, where does autonomous fit in this role, right? Potentially thinking through the efficiencies of doubling up a trailer with a driverless truck, you know, where do we see that playing a role? Right. I, I, we get asked about this a lot too. And I, I call autonomous the, like the sustainability's cousin because it's really interesting. It's cool technology. It's not necessarily pure play sustainability, but it is related uh, in the fact that, um, you know, there certainly is a safety benefit uh, and there certainly is a product productivity benefit. Um, and so we're looking at that as well. That's something that, um, you know, XPO is a pretty tech heavy company. And so we have a lot of uh, folks who are interested in that autonomous technology, just understanding how it works and trying to figure out, does that fit within um, XPO's business model in any way? And I think there probably are some areas where really it would make sense. Um, you know, the tech is available and it's already in operation and running on several different lanes. So uh, I'm excited to see where where that segment goes. Totally agree. It's going to be a fun overlap to see how it evolves over time. Is there anything I haven't asked that XPO wants to, you know, to make the listeners aware of in sustainability? And you know, I'm really appreciative of you being the voice of change and helping to lead this charge. And especially at our recent Net Zero Carbon Summit, thank you for speaking and, and sharing your perspective there. But for this audience, again, would we repeat anything to encourage or inspire them or, or clue them in on what XPO is thinking about the value of sustainability and freight logistics? Yeah, I think the last thing I would say is that uh, in order to, you know, another another big component of moving this initiative and transition forward is going to be technology and data. Uh, there is we're just now scratching the surface at uh, what data it is that we're able to collect and what we're able to share. XPO and transport in general are going to be a huge component of any kind of supply chain uh, transformation. If if our client base is looking to make you know reduction in their scope three emissions, we're going to be you know we and uh, we our peers in general are going to need to be able to provide that data back uh, to them uh, in order to be good partners and share that information. You know it would be wonderful if at some point we were able to offer up 
um, the carbon emissions at, at point of uh, decision on, you know, which load am I going to take or how am I going to route this? Um, you know, and to the right buyer, the emissions may be just as important or uh, a decision factor as much as cost would and time would be. So, you know, the data transparency is going to be another thing that I think, you know, we're really leaning into and, and trying to tackle. And we want to make sure that, um, we're participating in that conversation with our stakeholders and our clients as we're trying to design what this looks like in the future. I'm just going to clap because that's very much on the same page. Bravo. Words out of my mouth. That's that's my magic wand for freight and logistics. Being that that we are the the fabric that weaves together so many supplier networks, right? You're a natural natural conduit for data. It's just historically been ferrying papers from A to B. Now we need that data to be electronic and digitized and interoperable and capable of sharing. And emissions are a huge piece of that. So thank you for for waving that wand. I hope we get there sooner rather than later. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> well, this was really fun. Thank you for carving out some time this afternoon to talk to our audience. I appreciate your perspective and your leadership. And I wish XPM nothing but the best as we continue to you know strive for change in the industry. Thank you, Tyler. It was great to be here. Appreciate it. Take care, Emily.